Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hi, I'm Dr. Hank Wesselman, the author of The Reenchantment. And next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about a shamanic path to a life of wonder. Beginning Sunday morning at 11. conversation here on Hawaii Public Radio. Today we're talking about those hidden fees. Some are calling them surprise fees at dining establishments. Our guests in studio today, Tom Jones, the president and co-owner of REI Food Service, which owns three Gyutaku Japanese restaurants, and Koromo Katsu and Curry Bistro. Um, he's the former chair of the Hawaii Restaurant Association and has been in the restaurant industry for more than 50 years. He was inducted into the Hawaii Restaurant Association Hall of Fame in 2012. <laughs> Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Catherine. <laughs> Nice to have you in studio today. Thank you for having me. And Mana Moriarty is the executive director of the Office of Consumer Protection in the State uh, Department of Commerce and Consumer Affairs. He took over earlier this year. He was previously with the Hawaii Attorney General's Office, representing the people of Hawaii in various lawsuits and legal proceedings. Good morning. Aloha, Catherine and Tom. Uh, very excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, nice opportunity to meet new friends. Yes. <laughs> and you know, we have to say we did reach out to the Hawaii Restaurant Association to participate in today's show. Uh, they declined our invitation. We asked for a statement about these service charges and how tipping has changed in recent years, which they also declined. So, Tom, I'm glad you're here because you have that experience of both being, you know, head of the association and representing all those members. And then you're in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to say, when we were uh, doing research about this, I did see that um, your company did charge some, I don't know, they were kitchen fees at the time, back in 2015, but yeah, dropped that's, it. That's correct. Yeah, we I think we did for about three and a half or four months. Uh, the pushback from the, our guests, uh, particularly on social media, was pretty um, significant, and so we reconsidered and rolled them back at that time. And Tom, what are you? I mean, Tom, um, uh, Mana, what are you hearing uh, from the public? Have you had inquiries about this? You know, we haven't had a lot of inquiries um, to this point, um, but we are aware that you know there seems to be more and more restaurants advertising these fees. So it could be that we just haven't experienced it yet, and it, they're on their way. Yeah, and um, uh, uh, Amana, um, I, I know that uh, you know we've been hearing from our uh, uh, listeners uh, about a, a number of these issues that th- they've been experiencing. Uh, we got uh, this from a Honolulu resident who shared that she first saw an extra charge while on a trip to a California restaurant. Uh, she was told it was an extra fee to pay for her health care insurance for its workers. And when she re- returned home to Honolulu, she and her husband were surprised to see a 3% fee added to the bill in her neighborhood eatery. It was listed as an appreciation fee. And they asked uh, why all of a sudden in the restaurant you know, decided to start this extra charge. And they were told it was a kitchen fee. They didn't tell us, first of all. There's no little sign on our table, something new, this is what we're doing, could be experimental or not. This is where your your additional tip or gratuity will go. And so we brought it to the attention of our server, and he was kind of embarrassed to give us an explanation. He really didn't know what to say. What I didn't care for was there was no sharing as if you have a party of eight, it's a built-in 20% gratuity. Now that I can handle, but the secret fees, it was a little unsettling. And this caller said that since this experience, other restaurants in the neighborhood are doing the same thing. And while her family wants to support local businesses, it makes them 
think twice about going back. So, you know, that's this experience that you had, Tom. Yeah, th- this is correct. Our our fee was, you know, we implemented back in 2015. This is well before COVID. And um, uh, the reason was because of uh, the federal law that prevented uh, tips to be allowed to be shared into the kitchen staff. So at that point, you know, tips could only be, um, you know, shared in a pool in the front of the house. That law changed in 2017. And so, um, you know, that's kind of part of the problem is that you have federal laws, you have state laws uh, regarding minimum wage tip credit and so forth. And so they're very difficult for restaurants to navigate, particularly state to state. So that's why we, we did that once we rolled it back. And then in 2017, the law changed. So, you know, kitchen tip pools are permissible at that point. Um, so that's kind of part of the issue with these appreciation fees or kitchen fees. Um, and it's complicated, so a lot of restaurants really don't quite understand the details of, of what allows them to do that and, and not. So they just add the appreciation fee as a, you know option to make sure that the kitchen staff is you know, getting a share of uh, you know, tips from the customer, I guess. And I think nobody likes surprises, you know. So, Mana, I don't know, uh, you know, a- any thoughts about, you know, wh- wh- what do you tell people if if they're charging these fees and they don't tell uh, folks, they don't disclose it to their customers up front. I think you heard it in the clip that you just played. That that that's really the the main source of frustration for a customer that comes into a restaurant to see something at the end of the meal that they didn't expect to see. Um, so, what our office has told people consistently and told the restaurants um, is that. There, there are certain conditions that um, make this unpalatable for consumers and that you can avoid that by, if you are deciding to charge this kind of a fee, advertise it up front. Um, uh, give advance notice to your customers before a transaction and just say to them, look, um, you could be signage, uh, have it prominent, have it on your menu. Um, I, I, I have a little bit of concern, or maybe concern is too strong, but if we're relying on our wait staff to communicate this to our, our customers, you know, I'm sure there are instances where, you know, it'll slip the mind of somebody. People are human beings. Um, so the more advance notice you can give if you are going to, if you decide to make this your business practice, uh, the better. Yeah. We, we actually did that back in 2015. And, and so we had signs at the cashier area and on the menu. Uh, and that may be why we had such pushback, because we made our guests aware of it. And uh, so they knew, and it, it gave them an opportunity to, to even complain, I think. Well, you know, these fees are called different things. Uh, I know another reporter, you know, had asked you, uh, I think, last month about a fee called a, a supply chain fee or something that, that you said that wasn't really legal. You can't just willy-nilly, you know, charge a fee without, and call it whatever. Well, uh, I'm not sure we can say that it's per se illegal. Um, th- there are, th- there is no specific state statute that prohibits adding a fee or a surcharge onto uh, a bill at the end of the meal. Um, but we can, what we can say is that if you're not disclosing it up front, you're getting into this territory of hidden fees. And if, if it's undisclosed and if it's a hidden fee, you're getting close to a, a legal theory of deception, right? You have essentially misrepresented the price, the ultimate price of the transaction. So we're actually getting closer to a, a real viable legal claim there. And also, too, these fees uh, are probably subject to GET as well. So that's something that consumers and, and uh, you know want to be aware of as well. Interesting. Okay, so we do have a caller on the line, uh, Doug from Honolulu. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I just my question is. Um, why is it fair to restaurant goers to have to subsidize restaurant owners' labor costs through these fees? I mean, it, it seems to me that if if you're charging these fees, you're you're admitting that you're not paying your staff enough. And how is that fair to restaurant goers? I and mean, if your business isn't capable of sustaining itself, should it be allowed to continue? So, I, sorry, those were really two questions, but related. Um, I think the main one is how is this fair to consumers to have to pay these? and subsidize labor costs. Thank you for that, Doug. Tom, you want to take that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> hey, you know, there's pre-COVID and then there's post-COVID. And <clears throat> pardon me, um, you know, COVID really put our, uh, a, a challenge to restaurants. Um, I think more than any other industry, um, restaurants are affected because they're high labor. You know, we have a, a lot of labor. <clears throat> We're also dealing with food and perishable products. So it's a real challenge to, um, to you know, 
if, if you're a tire company, you don't have to worry about your stock sitting on the shelf. But in our industry, we have to move that product and move it quickly. Um, energy dependent, and so energy prices were up. Labor dependent, labor cost is, is up, as you all know. Um, and so uh, also, too, real property tax and, and all these fees that, that most businesses are subject to, they're multiplied in the restaurant industry. On top of that, our margin is you know notoriously small. If you're making 5% in the restaurant in the industry, you're doing very, very well. Um, so th- when sales drop off, it's really, really hard to, to stay afloat. So restaurant owners are you know challenged to figure out how they're going to be able to stay in business. I think one of the things that, that the, you know, consumers don't understand necessarily is that when you know restaurant owners don't raise their prices lightly we know that when we raise our price there's going to be you know pushback um, and even if we raise our prices uh, we don't necessarily see an overall increase in sales because customers come with a, a budget in mind I'm going to spend 35 dollars per for dinner tonight if the entree went up to 35 dollars then they're not going to buy a beer or iced tea or a dessert so you know it, raising prices is not necessarily going to increase your sales and we we understand that very well too and if we raise our prices on the menus, then customers typically are tipping on that on that amount. And so, if it's a fee, then and and the customers don't tip on the fee, then we're actually, from our perspective, saving the customers money. But customers don't look at it quite that way. We're on the inside; we understand all these dynamics. Um, so, in some cases, we're trying to actually save the consumers money. But they, a lot of customers say, "Just raise the price." Mm-hmm. And if we do, then they'll pay more in tips and also too in uh, GT. So. It's an interesting dynamic. We're we're doing the best that we can. Um, most restaurateurs are, you know, honest and, and want to do well, and this is a creative way to do that. And in the case in California, when we talked about the um, the healthcare fee, the local, you know, um, you know, uh, government there imposed this this you know fee on the restaurants. So what is their response to that? They want to make the public aware of that. So they take that fee, name it, you know, the healthcare fee, and the customers know that they're paying more for healthcare because the government's making you do that. So it's a challenge to be in business. On that point, uh, Oahu resident Lonnie was in California last month and posted a picture of her bill from uh, Alimento Restaurant on social media that included a 4% service charge for health insurance for staff. And there's a note at the bottom of the receipt that says, if you'd like that service charge removed, to notify your server. Uh, here are some comments on her post. Uh, that's so shady. Why doesn't the restaurant or offer that themselves? At least there's the option to have it removed. It states that you can tell your server to remove it, but how does that make you feel when you have to take tell their employee you don't want to contribute to pay their insurance? Uh, someone else said, would not go there again. It's the employer's obligation to give them health insurance that tells everybody that they don't care about their employees, but just their profits. I don't know. I, I don't know what the law is in California, but uh, if they've got a mandate that says, well, yeah, we have to let our customers know that we're, you know, going to be charging more because we have to pay for their insur- their medical insurance. Uh, I can't speak to the law in California, but uh, certainly the, the issues that our Hawaii consumers are facing um, here are similar, uh, similarly being faced all over the country. Uh, restaurants, you know, Tom, you, Tom's already alluded to it. Restaurants were in a very tough situation financially. And um, they wanted to make sure that that they they could do business, that their workers were getting paid a a regular wage. Uh, So I don't know exactly where we go, but uh, it seems to me that as a general comment, I guess, that the more transparent the business can be with consumers as a general matter, you're going to get customers that are happier. Um, I wanted to also bring in, you know, this idea that uh, tipping is – almost a uniquely American phenomenon right now. We, uh, in Hawaii, uh, a, lot of our, uh, a lot of our visitors do not come from the United States of America. We are attracting an international visitor market. And for these people, tipping itself is a foreign practice. Um, so deciphering the American culture of tipping presents a challenge for these people. And to, if we want to add on top of that, deciphering Another charge at the end of the bill, I think we're actually looking at adding confusion for a significant portion of our visitor market. So we're on a slippery slope because Europe doesn't uh, charge a tip. Is it Japan doesn't tip? China, parts of Asia don't tip? That's right. That's my understanding that there's – it's just not the practice in much of Asia. And, uh, you know, I know when our staff was doing research, they were saying, well, the the origins of tip. You know, this whole practice uh, started, I think, in the taverns in Europe, uh, in in uh, in England, and it, TIP. It stands for uh, what to get them to to uh, 
uh, to be faster in bringing over your 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 drinks, and then that practice uh, w- was picked up over in America, and uh, you know around the time of slavery, that folks were saying, well, we'll pay our employees less, and then have the customer uh, pay the tip. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting history, and you know maybe the question is, well, should we do away with this practice of tipping? It's a tough one. Yeah, I'm not sure how you do away with it. It's a cultural phenomenon. Uh, you cannot legislate it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know any other any other business where customers come in. Well, actually, there's quite a few, but you know, that nail salon artists or hair, you know, uh, you know, uh, beauticians, uh, Uber drivers, you know, taxi drivers, bellmen. Uh, there's tipping in a variety of other industries, but the significant level that it, you know, um, occurs to in the restaurant associ- the restaurant industry rather is just amazing. Um, I don't know that you could change it though. You know, it's you know. Uh, people talk about doing away with tipping, and you know, I'm just not sure that you know we don't control it. There's no law on it. People do it. Um, you know, it's it's beyond uh, businesses' control. Uh, we do have a number of people that are lining up in the queue to uh, to ask their questions or share their stories. Uh, we will be right back after this break. Support for HPR comes from the Lutheran Church of Honolulu's Summer Jazz Journey, open to the public with Quad Pod, DeShannon Higa, Sean Conley, Noel Okimoto, and Ethan Capone, 7 p.m. August 8th, lchwelcome.org. How many places in the world are, are like Molokai? And, and I think once you understand that rarity and, and also how precarious it is, right, you fight for it. On the next episode of This Is Our Hawaii, Molokai residents work to keep local lands in local hands. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. go to the Big Island where Sherry is calling in. Uh, good morning, Sherry. What's on your mind? Yes, hi. Um, I just wanted to remark that I have a favorite restaurant that I uh, frequent, and they have started charging 3% um, if you use a credit card. So that covers their fees on the credit card. Um, as a consumer or also, as a business owner, I have a merchant account, and the 3% can really add up after a while also. And not only the restaurants, but I just had some furniture shipped um, through DHX as a freight forwarder, and they told me that if I was using a credit card to pay for the shipping, they would charge 3% also. So it's not just the restaurants, and as um, things are getting so expensive, I can understand as a consumer and also as a business owner that the 3% added on makes sense. And it's not that much, but when you have a business where there's constantly being uh, charged that amount, you know, it adds up, whereas as a consumer, $100, and that's, you know, what uh, What are we looking at? $3 on $100. So I, I don't think it's something we should complain about. I think it's something we should um, endorse and support. And, Tom, is that 3% or has it gone up uh, even more than that? Well, it's, that's approximately what it is. It depends on the card and the benefits that they do. You know, every card is different. Um, but I just received a phone call this morning, a robocall that, you know, asking us if we wanted to, you know, do a, they call it a cash discount or a credit card fee. Um, you know, 20 years ago, 
when I was you know started working my, my our business, um, I think credit card sales were probably like twenty or thirty percent of of our business, and so three percent of that was a small amount of our total sales. But now, credit card you know transactions are about ninety percent of our business, and so you think about that right off the top, three percent goes to the credit card company. That's our bottom line. You know you know being you know uh, depreciated by that same amount. So it, it's a real challenge, and I, I think that's something that you're going to see more and more of. Uh, because there are, you know, merchant services out there that are trying to uh, entice, you know, businesses, you know, restaurants in particular, but businesses to move to this, um, you know, the consumer paid fee instead of the business paid fee. Um, I can appreciate what the what the caller said as well. It's yeah, and, and Mana, I don't know if there's anything you can share about these fees, because sometimes you go to a, a place and there, there's a minimum, right? You have to be at least $10 to use a credit card. Uh, anything on that front? Well, I, I think the caller's um, you know story speaks to the fact that she, I, I assumed she was uh, a retailer uh, and not in the restaurant industry. And it speaks to the fact that these fees are being encountered not just in the restaurant industry, but across everyday transactions with retailers, with uh, concert promoters, with lodging, hotels. So the proliferation of the fees has really caught the attention of some regulators and elected officials around the country. And there is, you know, sort of some gathering momentum to try and pass legislation that would address hidden fees across the board. Um, so one example that comes to mind is the California Attorney General has endorsed some legislation that uh, seeks to have uh, require businesses to advertise prominently the full price uh, of the uh, uh, full price of the product that is for sale. And not doing so, uh, it would be clear under the statute that that would be a violation of law. I think uh, President uh, Joe Biden, uh, you know, when he took office, talked about yeah, these junk fees. You know, I think he was going after the banks and then the resorts, right, the resort fees, that kind of thing. But on that point, uh, we have another caller, Cindy from IAEA. What's on your mind? Uh, aloha. I had recently visited a small store where I buy supplies for a hobby, and I've been there a few times in the past. And the person that was working there and helped me choose some items, answer some questions. And then when I checked out, there was an option to tip. And I felt awkward because I know the person. Um, so I did tip and I didn't want to make him feel like I didn't value him as a person. But I was a little surprised and taken aback. And I think if I didn't know that person, maybe I wouldn't have tipped. But I was just surprised to see that when I was buying supplies for a hobby in a small local store. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's not just the restaurant business. So we're not just targeting <laughs> the folks uh, in, in eateries. No, the, the feature that she's talking about is part of the, the you know, what we call a POS, a point-of-sale software system. So it's the register. Um, and you can turn it on or turn it off. And so it's interesting that, that uh, what you know, started in the in the restaurant and hospitality industry is now starting to proliferate. Even too, you know, it used to be just full service restaurants, but I'm sure you're seeing, you know, there used to be tip jars at, uh, you know, like maybe the Shave Ice store or you know your local Lao Lao place or you know a, a, a plate lunch, uh, you know, business where they have a little tip jar there. Now it's digitized, so um, it seems to be you know proliferating. And I know during COVID, because we talked about how tough it was for everybody, uh, when I would go out to support the local eateries, you know, you, they asked that, and I would, you know, happily kukua, because mm. I know everybody was having a very hard time. Uh, but yeah, now it's everywhere. Uh, we have another caller on the line, Jamie from Honolulu. Do you have a question? Well, more of a comment um, about how this whole uh, thing has been affecting me, which is, and, you know, right or wrong, but I end up taking it out on the server. Um, it's happened to me four times, two in the mainland, two here, where I've been pretty much ambushed with these fees that I was not expecting. And so I looked at the fees, figured out what I would have tipped the server, and I deducted the cost of it. And so the server ended up getting less. Again, whether right or wrong, but I felt very upset and was, you know, trying not to make a scene, and that's how I ended up handling the situation. And going back to a comment one of, the, um, one of your uh, folks mentioned earlier about you know, saving the customer money with these fees instead of rolling it into the cost of the food. I don't buy that because the way that I um, tip is I look at the grand total and I figure out the tip from that. But that is going to include all the taxes and all the fees. So I'm really tipping on top of the fees as well if I'm doing it that way, you know. 
So those are just my two comments that I, yeah, the server ends up not doing so well with me on that. And um, ambush and bait and switch, those are the feelings that I come away with when restaurants aren't up front. All right. Thank you so much, Jamie, for, uh, for sharing that. Uh, comments? I know when I tip, I tip on the on the uh, pre-tax amount, um, and I think that's an expectation. I don't think servers would fault a customer for for you know tipping on that amount. Um, it, it you know it does add up. It's easy at the end, and if you can check your your uh, your receipts, um, again it's programmable into the register whether the suggested tip amount because you'll see those suggested tip amounts on there um, are based on the, the total amount or the pre-tax amount. Um, ideally, they you know should be attacked you know on the, the pre-tax amount okay and we did hear uh, from a number of uh, 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 residents out there just about you know this idea of uh, of fees being added on the bill I have mixed feelings I mean I understand that after COVID you know it was tough for restaurants and the service industry and I definitely wanted to support them but now that you know we're kind of easing out of um, COVID and there's inflation and, you know, I'm feeling um, a little tight myself in terms of spending money. I guess I, I feel like it negatively impacts my opinion of those restaurants. I feel like they're maybe passing on the cost to consumers, you know, um, rather than figuring out how to manage their own budgets or how to make a livable wage for their employees. I heard about that new restaurant, Filipino restaurant on Ward. Yeah. There's a kitchen love fee. <laughs> right, right. How does services like that make you feel? I wish they just told us about it ahead of time, then we would appreciate that more. It was just kind of a surprise. And to me, like, I didn't want to take it back because maybe a few dollars, so it maybe would have helped the local restaurant and I liked supporting the local business but yeah I just thought it they would at least let us know <laughs> you know so I mean no pun intended but you know there is a tipping point right at some level customers are just going to say no I'm just not going to do it mm. yeah, it's interesting we're talking about several different types of fees and so the credit card fee is a specific fee if you didn't want to pay that fee, you could pay by cash. So the, the, the consumer has kind of an option there. Um, and uh, it's based on, you know, you know, a, a specific, you know, quid, quid pro quo charge. Um, the other, you know, the, the, the kitchen appreciation fees, the kitchen love fees, these are kind of based on the tipping amount and trying to make sure that the kitchen uh, staff is sharing in, in some of those, you know, the, the tips or, or that type of income. It's a highly competitive industry. We are you know, trying to pay competitive wages within our industry, um, we're all paying, I'm sure, you know, you see at the fast food operations, you know, well above minimum wage is what's being, you know, offered. Tips, certainly, we appreciate, you know, the customers tipping our employees and we share, you know, sharing those tips with each other. Um, it's certainly, you know, the, the tip employees, front of the house employees are the most highly compensated in the restaurants. They make more actually, in most cases, than the manager of the restaurant. So um, in a full service restaurant, I think it's, you know, my rule of thumb is whatever the average price per person is in the restaurant, that's about, you know, the, the meal ticket, that's about what the server's probably making an hour in tips and add minimum wage to that. So it can be 30, 40, 50, and, and even higher per hour. So, you know, tipped employees in the front of the house are, are compensated quite well. But the other fees, there's this creative, you know, fees. The love the, fee. Yeah, all the, <laughs> the love, well, that, that, that's kind of related to the, to the tipping side of it. But it's the healthcare fee or the supply chain fee. These are all, you know, attempts by the restaurant tour to just cover their cost, um, and, and it's a challenge. It's it's kind of interesting to see how creative they are, but it certainly is creating a tremendous amount of confusion with the, uh, you know, the consumers. And I don't know what other types of uh, inquiries are you getting? Is your office getting, you know, when it comes to the consumer? And what they're worried about. Well, consumers are, are welcome to, um, you know, make their complaints to our office in this area, and we will look into it. Um, I'm thinking that this is what, what we're hearing now from the callers is their personal responses to fees that are added on to by restaurants, and ultimately they're gonna they're gonna determine with their feet whether that restaurant should continue to to charge the the fee. 
I don't think restaurant owners are in the business of driving away customers. Um, in the current envi consumer environment, consumer reviews are everywhere. So what, what consumers now have an advantage as opposed to say 15, 20 years ago where the only way you would have heard about an extra fee would have been if you had a friend who had eaten there, happened to eat at the restaurant. Now we can all go on Yelp before we get to the restaurant and you might have comments in the Yelp box that say, you know, watch out, I had a bad experience here at the end of the meal, I had a 5% fee added on. I think uh, my sense is that I'm not sure, and maybe Tom can speak to it, whether restaurant owners are seeing their add-on fees as uh, a measuring point. Uh, in a, uh, let me explain that a little bit. If you want to determine what the impact of the fees is to your bottom line, it seems to me you'd want to measure a point-in-time sales uh, before you added the fee and compared to the point-in-time sales after you add the fee. I'm sure, and Tom, you've already spoken to this, there are many, many factors that go into your bottom line and, and how much income you're taking in. But does it go down when the businesses add the fee in? Uh, I don't know the evidence out there, but uh, I'm sure each restaurant owner uh, has you know, got to be paying attention. If you're not paying attention now, you might want to start paying attention. Uh, are the consumers making the decision to walk away because you have a fee there? Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, the, the measurement for us is customer counts and sales. Um, how many people are walking through the door? And if you start to implement these fees, you can easily measure on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, you know, whether your, you know, customer counts are increasing or decreasing. And of course, uh, all responsible restaurateurs are watching their Google and Yelp comments on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, even keeping track of their score. So um, that's the measurement, you know. Uh, if we do things as as we did back in you know 2015, and we got a lot of backlash, then we adjusted from from there. So I'm sure that uh, there'll be a little bit of a shaking out from the perspective of you know how the the customers react, and then what the restaurateurs you know do in reaction to the customers' reaction. You know, uh, we got this email from a listener. I have a strong opinion about tipping today. I grew up as a server throughout high school and college and relied on tips to survive. In the 80s, servers didn't get minimum wage because tips were expected to augment our salary, and the IRS assumed that we received a certain percentage as tips and taxed us on it even though the server was awful and didn't make that much in tips. Uh, tipping taught me that if I didn't provide a positive experience for my customers, it would affect my pay. That meant making sure that the table was clean, water was provided, order was taken and fulfilled in a timely manner. I am offended with the new culture where they expect a tip, typically higher percentage than I received in the 80s, while not providing any service and getting paid minimum wage. Many establishments make us wait in line, get our food from the counter, and find and clean our table and then make it difficult not to tip. If I was a server today, I would quit and work at a non-service establishment and get minimum wage and tips. That was from Chris. So we have people feel strongly about it, particularly if they, you know, because it's a tough job when you wait on tables. I mean, I remember, you know, waiting on tables, uh, you know, as a teenager, and it, it's tough. It's, work. it's a lot of work. You know, um, we also got this from Sherry uh, uh, about tipping. I definitely have noticed that the way restaurants are structuring tipping and how they pay their servers has shifted and has been put more on the, you know, customer, consumer, and um, I feel like that's just not sustainable. I want to support people in the service industry, and at the same time, I see a lot of that being added on, actually. You know, everywhere I go, I see, you know, the request for a tip starting with, like, 15% or... For some of these places, I have a real negative feeling because it's not necessarily even a restaurant that's asking for tips. It could just be like, you know, a store where you're just picking up things. It's not necessarily a, a sit-down restaurant even that I see a lot of, you know, added tip. You know, and there are things, too, uh, when you go takeout, right? 25 cents for takeout containers. I don't know. Is, I mean, that's okay, right? I mean, that's legit and legal if you tell people. Well, I don't think there's anything deceptive ab about that. But, yeah, um, you know, we really don't have legal tools right now that are specifically tailored to bring sort of some sort of enforcement action for violating the law um, absent some unusual circumstances. And I think it's still unusual where businesses are not telling consumers up front 
um, that there is going to be a fee or surcharge added onto your bill at the end of the meal. I think that is still the case. Um, so if we wanted to, um, you know, as a state, as a community, pass something that would legislate a more specifically in this area, you know, we could certainly do that, right? We could, we could, enact, we could enact tools that are specifically tailored to prohibit fees or surcharges at the end of meals. We haven't done that yet. Uh, my sense is that the market is going to sort of shake things out, right? If people are unhappy enough, they've got the other restaurant down the street that doesn't charge the fee or surcharge. I don't know if I'm you know, accurately reading the situation, but Tom, what, you have any thoughts about that? Well, certainly we're in the hospitality industry. Um, and so if, if we're, we, the last thing we want is our customers to leave our restaurants unhappy. And so uh, advising them in advance is you know, our recommendation to make sure that the customers are aware of you know, what the, the charges and fees are going to be, uh, that they can see the menu prices, but you know, beyond that, any other charges would be there too. And I think a, a really good example is you often see that for parties of a certain level or more, there'll be you know, an automatic service fee put on there. That's you know, perfectly uh, acceptable. Uh, what most of the callers you know, have, have expressed is the surprise fee, right? So you know, I think it would behoove all restaurants to make sure that whatever fees they're charging are prominently displayed on their menu where they're easily readable you know, by the guest and or at the front door. Um, you know, and, and possibly even on their website. I'm not sure if they would do that or not, but that's, I think, really important. With respect to the, to the takeout packaging, um, the, they legislated recently that we have to provide, uh, you know, compostable, you know, and non-plastic and so forth. And so our cost for takeout packaging has gone up three or fourfold. Unfortunately, most of the compostable stuff is not being composted, so it's really challenging for us. But we're, we're paying a lot more for, for takeout packaging, again, due to legislation beyond our control. And, and so we're trying to recover those costs as well. So we're getting hit from all sides. It's a challenge to stay you know, profitable in this uh, environment. Well, if you're uh, just tuned in, this is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Have you noticed any hidden fees appearing on your restaurant bills? Uh, you know, maybe there are workers listening at this hour. Have you benefited uh, from any of these fees? If you work in the back of the, back of the house, in the kitchen, uh, join our discussion by calling one 941 3689 Stay with us. We'll be right back after a break. Fresh Air. We remember Paul Rubens, best known as Pee Wee Herman. He died Sunday at the age of 70. His joyful, odd, and subversive TV series, Pee Wee's Playhouse, was loved by children and adults. We'll hear our 2004 interview in which we talked about Rubens' life and about his persona as Pee Wee. Join us. Fresh Air, beginning this afternoon at 3, following Science Friday. Country music is dominating the music charts right now, which would be cool if the top artists didn't get there for being racist. Why country fans are flocking to support Jason Aldean and Morgan Wallen, and how country executives have used racism as a marketing tool for a century. On the next, it's been a minute from NPR. Beginning Saturday at noon, following Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. talked earlier about um, pre-COVID and post-COVID and the difference uh, that, well, the changes that we've had to all adjust to. Uh, I know I w was told by a friend that they were at a steakhouse recently and uh, service was terrible, food was slow in coming out, and the owner who was cooking in the kitchen came out and said, look, three of my employees did not show up to work today. My mother is helping me wait on tables. Please don't take it out on my mother. You know, she's 80 years old. And the the people in the restaurant got up and started bussing, you know, their plates, their dishes. And 
I mean, that's such a Hawaii thing, I think, you know, just the aloha. You, you felt bad. But I don't know. Maybe he should have just closed the restaurant knowing that he just didn't have, have any help that night. But, you know, what are you seeing in your restaurants? Well, I, I feel my heart goes out to that to that restaurant owner. And unfortunately, closing the restaurant is not always an option because you got rent to pay and there's a lot of fixed costs. So if you close the restaurant, you're you know you're only reducing your bottom line even further. Um, and we're seeing it you know across the board. Uh, you know, restaurants. Um, you know, people are are asking why can't we go in and sit in the restaurant? You know, what's the holdup? And they look in, they see empty seats. But what they don't realize is there's not enough cooks or not enough servers in the restaurant to actually provide service to them and and that's a very common occurrence now here in hawaii um and and that has to do with the labor market right now it's really really challenging uh you know to find people in a lot of industries and in particular in the restaurant industry i I know i I think i was told it uh zippy's hawaii kai uh stopped the dining in section and it's just takeout you know so Mm. it it is a challenge people are having um, a really difficult time uh we uh, also heard uh, more from um, our, our listeners out there. Uh, let's take a let's get, take a listen. To me, it's, they should be doing that because I like to tip, but it, it just makes you wonder whether you should be tipping them after that. Yeah, because I know they don't pay the, the workers enough. And when you tip, do you usually tip like the standard? Well, I have family that works in like hotels and restaurants, and so I tip out a little bit more than twenty five percent or thirty percent. I would like to be asked before they do, you know what I mean? Like, they should let, let you know, like, before you order your food, because it's over a party of five, and then they automatically add it, you know? How about service charges that go toward health insurance or kitchen workers? If I knew that was what the money was going, then... If, if, I knew, if I knew for a fact that was what was going on, then, yeah. But I tip no matter what. Yeah. But, I mean, you bet, I, I appreciate you letting me know before... You know what I mean? You just go ahead and take my 18% and then I tip you on top of that, you know? I'm just wondering, have you ever had a situation in your restaurants where people just said, I'm not going to pay this fee and just scratch it out? We haven't experienced that. Although I I do think that um, in restaurants that I'm I'm aware of a couple situations where when the customers complained, the manager took it off their, you know, took it off of their check. So... Um, certainly, expressing yourself to your to the manager uh, might might you know help you out on a particular situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. There might be some customers who might be nervous about that because you know they don't want anyone to spend their food in the back <laughs> of the kitchen. <laughs> but um, we have a uh, let's see, do we have another caller on mm-hmm. the line? Oh, uh, maybe not. Well, you know, uh, Mana, I don't know. When you look at these consumer issues that have been popping up, I guess, what's the best advice uh, that you can uh, give, not just consumers, but businesses out there? I think the business owners are are well aware um, what it takes to keep their customers, for the most part, coming back. Uh, And at the end of the day, um, our advice has always been that it's to be transparent with your customers and to be um, upfront um, with any, if you're going to charge fees, if you make that choice as a business, you want to advertise that prominently display the notice um, make sure your customers know in advance yeah I mean I've seen the the signs out in the windows you know at the checkout counter mm-hmm. on the tables yeah the most recent comments that we just heard um, were really about the surprise part of it they wanted to know what the fee is for what it's going to go to um, and I, I think you know the servers and the, and the front of the house staff need to be trained well and understand exactly what's going on so that when customers ask them, they can respond with accurate, you know, uh, reliable information so that uh, the customers are, are well informed. And how do we know that that back of the house, the kitchen fee is actually going to the, the chef, the people that are working, you know, in the back of the house? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I mean, obviously, you know, you'd have to look at every restaurant's books to understand that. I know that in our business, we certainly appreciate what the cooks do, and, and they always get their share of the tips. Um, where, you know, they, with the uh, employment situation the way it is right now, if they weren't, they, they could always walk as well. So um, we're really in a in an um, environment where, you know, employees have, uh, you know, uh, a pretty strong stance in in what's happening, and you know, with their wages and so forth. They they it's a uh, employee driven market right now, not not on the employer side. And Catherine, sure. your question and Tom's response, I think, suggest pretty clearly that if you're a business owner out there and you're advertising your fee is for a certain purpose, you need to make sure it's being used for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's absolutely something that's already required by existing law. Mm-hmm. We have another call from the Big Island, Julia. What's on your mind? 
Aloha. I think that we have to step back and look that uh, from back in 2008, 2009, when the uh, the banking implosion occurred and the gangster banksters started, in a, you know, they started introducing these fees to everybody, and they've gotten everyone now into the fee frenzy, blaming the banks for their fees that they're charging us. And we're all exhausted. We need fee repellents, you know. Um, it's patently offensive that us as the consumers that are driving the economy, um, they're likening it to biting the hands that feed them. And everybody's doing it. I've got vendors on the mainland that I buy uh, off from, and they want a fee. Uh, my, the people that ship it to me want a fee. Everybody wants a fee. When does the fee stop? They should be forced to, or demanded to have it on their websites, um, at the hostess stands, everywhere. I mean, they should advertise the fees and not surprise everybody when you're paying your bill. Thank you for your time. Hello. All right. Thank you. Well, and I think, I mean, we're hearing this loud and clear, the surprise. People don't like surprises. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, what what else does the association tell its members, you know, these days about these added fees? Well, the, yeah, the, the message to, to our members is be transparent. Um, make sure your customers are aware of, of you know, what the, you know, the expenses and fees are going to be so that there's no surprises. Again, we're in the hospitality industry. So, you know, keep them coming back is our motto, right? So uh, without our customers, we haven't got much. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, Mana, I don't know if there's anything else uh, that uh, you've come across. You know, I know, you know these days uh, lots of folks uh, do get gift certificates. Um, there isn't a gift certificate fee out there, is there? <laughs> No, there's no gift certificate fee. Um, the consumer concern on the gift certificate front, I, at least one concern, is that we, we know that businesses go out of business. You know, It happens regularly. It's all the time. In the restaurant industry, you have restaurants turnover. They may close their doors. They may decide to file for bankruptcy. What happens with the unredeemed gift certificates? The value of, the, of those gift certificates, are they going to be honored by the business if they've declared bankruptcy after they go into bankruptcy? We currently don't have any requirement in the law that that is required of the business. There are states that have taken a different approach that have said, absolutely, those businesses um, are required to honor the gift certificate after they go into bankruptcy, and those debts are taken care of outside of the bankruptcy process. The bankruptcy, uh, the gift certificate proceeds are not money that belongs to the issuer of the gift certificate. They are value that is uh, the property of the beneficiary of the gift certificate. So that whole process would, uh, if we had a law to that effect, we could potentially get uh, consumers made whole uh, on their gift certificate outside of the bankruptcy process and not be subordinate to the claims of senior lenders. You know, the restaurants or, or the businesses, I'm sure, have creditors that they need to pay off, and oftentimes the small claims holders are pushed to the back of the line. That's just the reality of how bankruptcies work. I had a situation where I got a gift certificate and the restaurant folded, you know, here on Oahu. Uh, but then the new restaurant that took over the space just said, hey, we'll gladly honor those gift certificates. It was a way to get people in. Hmm. Yeah, if you're a surviving, if you're the survivor restaurant, um, it's uh, a, a relatively inexpensive customer acquisition process to, to accept the gift certificate and make somebody happy and, and develop a new customer. So um, I think that the challenge is if the restaurant doesn't reopen, and then what do you do? And in the case of, you know, um, you know having uh, uh, accountability for, for gift certificates or, you know, gift cards, um, that would require a whole new financial, you know, uh, process for restaurants to, you know, save this money in, in a separate accounts and manage it, you know, uh, differently. I'm not sure how all restaurants do it, but um, that would be required. We're almost out of time, but we've got a call from Maui. Robert from Hana. Oh, okay. I believe he is, we lost him. Uh, he had mentioned that uh, he's uh, reluctant to introduce tipping from other countries. He says a day's wages for a day's work. Restaurant needs to pay employees and charge what they need to make a profit. So those are some of his thoughts. Um, we've only got a couple minutes. Any final thoughts, Tom? No, I think, again, it's just surprises. We don't like surprises. Uh, managing customer expectations is mission critical in our industry. And so, uh, you know, having customers walk out the door feeling happy when they come back to your restaurant is the key. And so uh, restaurant owners and restaurateurs would be well advised to, you know, take good care of their guests. Yeah, it's key to survival. Absolutely. Final thoughts, Mana? 
consumers have expressed frustration with hidden hidden fees in a restaurant context. There's also been a lot of consumers frustrated with hidden other fees, fees that may not be mandatory, fees like at the POS system when you get your takeout. I would just want consumers to realize they have a choice. Absolutely, you have a choice. If you didn't tip for takeout you know, before COVID, it is your choice whether you want to contribute a tip um, after COVID for that same takeout. Um, so uh, that that'd be my other message to consumers out there. Y- you do have some power still. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, as we kind of get through this recovery phase, Tom, uh, I mean, I know it's hard as a small business owner, you know, you want to take care of your employees. Um, anything else you just want to uh, tell our, our listeners out there? Well, the industry, the restaurant industry in particular, is still challenged. You know, post-COVID, we're dealing still with, the, you know, the aftermath of all these price increases, some of which have not gone back down. Some have, but but not all. And so <clears throat> it's going to be a real challenge, I think, for, for restaurants. There'll be, you know, uh, um, you know, probably more price increases, I imagine, um, as time goes by until we start to level things out. Um, and, uh, you know, but restaurants are a fabric of our community. Um you know, I know our restaurant and many restaurants you go to fundraisers and they're donating gift certificates. And, you know, we really, we're really a place where people come and gather and, you know, do their family activities and, and friends and, and so forth. And so um, we, we really appreciate, you know, the guests that come and, and uh, you know, participate with us and also that, uh, you know, appreciate what our servers do and, and, and provide tips to them. Yes, I mean, they are a, a vital part of our economy. They help keep uh, the engine going uh, here, you know, whether you're, uh, in Hana, Maui, or uh, Honolulu uh, here on Oahu. So, uh, yeah, we want to support our restaurant business, and we hope that the uh, restaurants uh, know to respect their customers <laughs> and let them know and not uh, surprise them at the end when they when they get the bill because they may not come back. Absolutely. All right. Well, we would like to thank our guests, State Consumer Protector Mana Moriarty and Gear Talkless Tom Jones. And we thank you, the listener, for joining us on today's show. Have a comment to share, a call or talkback line, 808-792-8217. You can also send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. That's it for this Aloha Friday. Coming up next week, we'll hear from biologists working with the Navy on how to deal with invasive coral found in Pearl Harbor. Our program is produced by Russell Subiono, Lillian Song, and Stephanie Hahn. Backyard Quiz theme written for us by John DeMello. Theme music courtesy of Gypsy 808. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us on Monday. Pick up the conversation. 